Good afternoon, good evening or good morning, whichever one it might be for you. And welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast. It's a bit of a different intro, wasn't it? Well, it's a very different show tonight because normally there are three. Tonight there are two. It's just me and Phil this evening because Jez has got some family commitments. So, Phil, Happy birthday to Mrs. Jez. Yes, indeed. Yes, uh, he is. Mm-hmm. He is otherwise disposed um, this evening. So yeah, just just me and Dee. So we're we're going to take our, our opportunity to go a little bit down the uh, down the leagues a little bit and talk about our own clubs, aren't we? Because why not? Oh, yeah, yeah. Please, please, please. so as the title of the pod may suggest magnificent seven uh i suppose that's probably where we will start then really isn't it um as 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 is normally the case we will run down all the scores as we go but we'll we'll focus on the sort of mid-table action this week because it was quite the weekend and montpellier played brest on sunday and Mm. as we were alluding to that they scored seven there were three up in 11 minutes uh, I think it would be fair to say you didn't see that coming. Would, would that be uh, a fair reflection? Because no. they were under pressure to, to perform, weren't they, in this particular game? No, I was actually um, a little bit underwhelmed at thought of this game. So I've been watching um, Kitchen Nightmares, binge-watching on YouTube. Uh, and so I thought, oh, I, it won't matter if I miss the first quarter of an hour. It turned over and went, what, what the hell is happening? 3-0 inside 15 minutes, 5-0 half time. And then you think, oh, maybe they'll, you know, settle down and leave it a bit now. And then Valé Germain came on for Kazri and scored a brace in the second half. I, this was the most wonderful fun ever and all done without Teji Savanier in midfield because he was one of the guys sent off last week in the blitz of red cards that we discussed. Yes. Who is normally, you know, the the pivot of the team so that they could do this without him was also exceptionally um, reassuring. And then um, Luis Malou got sent off quite late on after, I think, kicking Ferry in the chest. It's earlier than you think, 50 minutes, just five minutes after oh, the second half, yeah. Right. Okay, so that... But they were 5-0 up at the time, so... German <laughs> thing, but, I mm. mean, they were, they were terrible. Right, yeah. and of course... The slight problem that Brest's manager is Michel Desacarian, of course, mm. is Montpellier's previous manager. So I think it, there, there was narrative all over the walls here. Um, but a very impressive performance from Montpellier and uh Double for Wahi Kazri scored, Kotsa scored again, um, Germain with the double, etc. It was just, it was all over the park. You saw people could do things. And that, I think, has been really impressive because we have got used to 
maybe Savani being the best player and who's he going to pass it to who's going to score and this was just the team scoring which was lovely yeah and and it was like one of those games where like you say little bit of pressure on both managers but particularly sort of from the Montpellier side just just purely because it hasn't been I mean, Deloglio's De under pressure. Maybe that is harsh, but it hasn't been the, bre- the best start to the season with just three points on the board. But then this one win catapults them up the league to eighth and a plus it, four goal difference. So I think the the problem we've got possibly is obviously Jonas only in goal has been impressive for a long time. But his backup, Dimitri Berto, I think is now out for a while with an ACL injury. So that's going to be a bit of, please, please don't get injured. Please don't get sent off. Please don't get suspended. Because I'm not sure who's behind them in the, in the backing order. So, never completely comfortable at Montpellier, but clearly much, much more comfortable than last week. Yeah, absolutely. And um, as for Brest, and you mentioned Desiree in there, again, not the great start to their season either. Four points, 14th place now, minus six on the goal difference, albeit you know seven of those were the result of, of that on this particular occasion. But yeah, they I- are... A- are they are, are they a side that should just be looking to to survive? I mean, it, it, with four going down this season, they are in that sort of clutch of teams. But should they be aiming higher, or is this about the level that they're at? No, I think mid table is where they be. As you say, uh, the goal difference is going to be massively hit by one particular event. Um, will it come down to goal difference is another question. But I think, as you say, with four going down, we've got so much more jeopardy this season that I think will inform also tactics Mm. in these games. I mean, it's one thing to think if you're in the bottom two, you go down if you're 18th, you have a fighting chance as opposed to four go down. It's very different and I think particularly towards the later part of the season where we're seeing maybe some of the bottom clubs playing each other, we're going to see different approaches this season than we might have seen last season because of that change so it's interesting to see how that pans out and it's not only the four going down it's the fact that previously yes there were three technically would go down eventually but it was like two were going down plus you had the chance of staying up if you were that third team whereas now it is just Four down, that's it. There is no second chance. But um, yeah, good good win for Montpellier, who will feel a lot happier about life this particular week. The same could be said 
or, or actually could the same be said, but I, I want to mention Trois um, because we are having one of these weeks where we're going to focus on some of the, the sides that maybe don't get the attention. Um, but I also want to kind of mention their opponents because I feel like we're going to have to here. So we'll give Trois some love first. They won 3-1 against Angers at Rene Ripar with, with a, a classic Rene Ripar header. Mama Valde and Odiba with the third Slois Dioni with the reply for Angers, who were down to 10 men after just 20 minutes when Mendy saw red. Giving some some love to Trois, first of all. Again, they're a side that will be looking this season to survive. They'd lost three on the spin coming into this game. This is their first win. Kind of crucial that their home form is key. And we'll come on to Angers in a minute, but these are the games they have to be winning. Would that be fair to say at the Stade de Lourdes? Because that is their, their bread and butter in the home matches. Definitely. I mean, their first home game was a 3-0 loss to a newly promoted side, which is not cool. So this obviously will, will get them, you know, a happier up and running. But it's again Angers, who mm. are not going to be challenging for much this season. So they really do have to be trying to get points where they can, a point where they can. And that's something that maybe they're going to struggle to do. Um, it's they played Lyon, okay, but the other teams they've played haven't been what you call big dogs. No. So I would be, again, worried about them because they just don't seem to have clicked very well. This was a good step. We're going to see what they do next. Um to see if it, that's going to keep them on an upward trajectory. And unfortunately, they're away at Monaco. Now, Monaco are not brilliant, but that is a tricky away trip. Mm. So. Yeah. And and the thing is, with, with a, a club like Twan and Orger, or both clubs really, but you looked at this and you thought, can't really see too many goals in this. And then, of course, it's 3-1. So that's just the classic. But as far as uh, Gerard Baticlay's men for, for Angers, are we still seeing the fallout from the previous regime? You know, when you have a coach who's in charge for so many years and then it all changes, is this essentially what was bound to happen? Because they they look really disjointed for me and, and, a, and a club that is in serious danger of filling one of those those bottom four spots if they don't turn, turn things around and not a huge amount of business coming in either. I, I'm still, and this might be because of the long, longevity of the previous approach, is I still think of Angers as, oh, really defensively solid. Do you remember when they came up from Ligue 2 and they got into the top half of the table? Mm. By basically not conceding a goal ever. Yeah. yeah. They were so good. And I still kind of think of them like that. And over the past couple of seasons, all of those fabulous defenders have been sold, obviously. Is that the um, ex 
the the ex Mulan effect though. Once he left, yeah, that that means you've got a change in approach, mm. and it's not as effective as it was before. Mm. Do you feel like they have to change the whole setup then, as they like post Mulan? You know that they've they've almost tried to keep things a little bit the same. Basically, football is, has been a little bit more expansive, but it, feel, it feels like they're regressing to what they were trying to be previously. I mean, do they have to rip up that that sort of book and almost start afresh? Wasn't he a goalkeeper? Batty Clay. I think he was an attacker, wasn't he? I could be wrong. I'm I might have to look. Have wrong the wrong person. I, th- I think he was an attacker because he's in his what? Oh, Batik. Batik. Right. Yeah. I'm googling entirely the wrong person. Uh, Ger- Gerald Batik. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. But then I uh, I thought they'd hired the the guy that used to be the backup goalkeeping coach at Lyon. Ah, uh, okay. Buying into the idea of a defensive coach would be, or a goalkeeping, uh, an ex goalkeeper, ex defender would play more defensive football. But, but that yeah. would be for a team, apologies, for a team like Angers, but that might be more appropriate to go back to that solid defensive network, Roman Thomas and the rest of them. And now they don't have that anymore. But has he brought in uh, the attacking of Vim? Eh, not really. So they're kind of stuck between two stools, yeah. as it were, which I think is possibly not going to be something that lasts very well. No, no I... Look at the difference on PSG. You know, you kind of rule them out of the stats, but Marseille, Lens, Lyon, Lille, Montpellier, obviously with the that wins, are all kind of nine all over. Yeah, it's not looking good. I feel like I personally feel like Angers are in big, big trouble, and, and maybe they they dodged a bullet last year. But I wonder if they're going to be able to dodge it again this year. Um, time will tell. Time will tell. But as I say, full credit to Toi, who could only beat what was in front of them, and that's a, an important win for them. Did want to give a little bit of love to my my lads this week because um because why not? We don't talk about them very often. Lorient are flying, really. Let's be honest. I mean, they're up into fifth. Reggie Libris, the, the new coach, would be fair to say uh, that not a lot of people knew much about him other than that he'd been on the coaching staff for a while, that he he got a really good reputation with the uh, with the youth and reserve sides at Lorient. He was given his wings by by Loic Ferry and, and given an opportunity to, to make the step up. And it's not easy to follow Christophe Pellissier, who did do a very good job last year and I think only really walked away because he felt like he'd gone as far as he could. Lorient have got a 2-1 win this weekend over Claremont. Right, so they have got a game in hand, which is against Lyon, which I believe is confirmed this is going to be played next week. So they are a game behind. They win that game. They're technically top of the table. I'm not that I'm getting carried away at all. 
But the but key... Rossi. Well, that, this is the problem, isn't it? He got both goals. Um, and it's, it's holding on to him with, with yeah. two days of the transfer window to go. How, how, yeah, uh, that was what I was going to say. Mm. Long, uh, but I think in this game also you had a situation where Clermont were struggling. Clearly, Down to ten as well. Yeah, but just before half time, I think uh, there was a penalty overturned by VAR and a red card for Borges overturned mm. by VAR. And so you think, okay, guys, you you possibly got lucky there. Be careful. And then Borges is sent off for a second yellow on 48 minutes. Yeah, didn't help their cause. Imagine that um, Gastien was uh, tearing his hair out at that point because mm. there was really no need for it. And Clermont are also aside, I think I'd say if there's four down are gonna be in trouble. They're all thereabouts, yeah. They'll yeah. be in the mix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they'll be in the mix. So I mean I think it was a a good result for your lot. Mm. But yeah, hanging on to Moffy is gonna be massive. I mean, the, you know, you've got you've got a good midfield with Abigail, Lefebvre, etc., Loriente, but well, that's the other two, isn't it? Lefebvre and the the ball in the back of the net has been mostly down to one person. So yeah. let's hope he sticks around. Yeah, yeah, that is key, and you you do just wonder about clubs that are across Europe that might be looking for forwards that could possibly come in and, and sweep him up let's hope not uh but yeah good good win that and, and full credit to Labrie who's uh who started really well and has made Moustouar a bit of a fortress once again which which is you know what we want and what we need and as for Clermont not a good day at the office Moffy's second goal by the way uh, where he sort of sprints the length of the pitch and rounds the goal to finish his thing of beauty Good, good mm. stuff for him. Um, should give a little passing mention to the Friday night game, which ended 3-1 to Lille. Uh, and in this particular game, we've probably seen the goal of the season so far. Did you see this this flick-up volley from Yusuf Yasichi? Oh, My word, that was a, a thing <laughs> of technical. He, he's a funny one because he had a brilliant season, season before last, didn't he? And then last season just went completely off the boil, went on loan to Locomotive, I think it was in in Russia. Um, he seems to be back now. He's been given a chance. And if you haven't seen it, I mean, it's hard to describe, but look it up, sort of falls him on the edge of the box after a headed clearance. He flicks it up, um, spins in in one movement and volleys past the goalkeeper into the far corner. It's, it's just one of those that you, it's it's instinctive, isn't it? The, the, the ability to do it. Yeah. And I think um, a Jetsio have got one point up games it's looking a bit awkward down there as well uh, but they did score they did get one back at the end of the game from I think Bayada. Uh so we'll see in terms of who's come up they are the one you're not thinking about as kind of 
making a charge for anything. Um, Ajaxio, yeah. Yeah. The, the problem is, I think, for them is that, you know, that they've lost games early on. I mean, they're bottom of the table. They've, they've lost three and drawn one. Um, th that's the worry. It's how soon that, you know, that they get that, that first win because the longer that goes, the more concern there's going to be about getting it. And, and I mean, the hopeful. thing is, they play Lyon, Rennes and Lyon. Those were their losses and they drew it along. Yeah. They've actually had a really tough start to the season. So when they start playing the Yetwa, your Strasbourg, your mm. Angers, hopefully they'll still have the character and spirit to go, let's go for this. Mm. I hope that this tough start to the season hasn't kind of killed the spirit. So they just give up. Knowing a Jazio teams of the past, I think that's unlikely. So hopefully, when they get into a run of slightly more manageable matches, they'll be able to take those chances. Yeah, and that's when we'll be able to see uh, yeah. what they can actually do. Yeah, it's going to be really important for them to to get that first win kind of under their belt, so to speak, and especially if it is against a, a rival. But good win for Lille, that, who equally have been under a bit of pressure themselves. Jonathan Bamba seems to be finding some of that old season form as well. He seems to have started the season pretty well, and Chago Jallo up from the back with a, a third as well. So what do you make of Strasbourg? Because I'll say with another good win, they've started the season really well. Peran with the winning goal, but Julian Stefan Strasbourg, who did so well last year, find themselves on just two points and down in 16th. Um, what, what, if anything, do you think is going wrong for them at the moment? I have to admit, I didn't watch this game. So okay. I don't know what happens. No, no. I mean, just in general, no, I guess. It, I mean, it, it looks like it's early season jitters, but what would you think? <sighs> I, I feel like it's almost like, you know, when a club comes up and they have a really good first season when they're promoted and they have that second season syndrome, I almost feel like it's Mostly a bit Mostly because all their best players have been bought by somebody else. Well, yeah, that doesn't help. And and, and they, they, they're they so reliant on you know, someone like Ajork, for example, if he's not scoring, where are the goals coming from? I, I just, I don't know. I sort of feel, I feel like they set the bar so high last season that this season, uh, you know, some of the, I think some of the fans were hoping for a European push and they, they, I think they'll be fine. I don't think they're going to be in a, in a relegation scrap or anything like that, but I just look at that forward line and Kevin Gamero is 35 now, um, which is kind of blows Kevin, your mind. Kevin is 35? Yeah, 35 years old. So, yeah, I mean, that is... I mean, I say that as a 46-year-old, but, you know, football is different. It's like yeah. dog years, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, and, and he is evergreen, to be fair, and he is the sort of guy that will pop up and get you, you know, four or five goals a season that will be be crucial in the long run. But he isn't a guy you can rely on every week. That that probably does fall on a York twenty eight and and Dial who's twenty seven. And if they're not scoring, York hasn't hasn't scored in four games this season, and Dial's got one. That's the concern for Strasbourg. Where are the goals coming from? Um, so yeah. It's a little bit of a little bit of a concern for for Julien Stefan. We shall see. Um, their midfield is 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 
interesting though. They've got a couple of young players still there that are doing well, Sissoko and, and Bellegarde. So if they hang on to them, you'd think they'll be all right, but they don't want to stay in this slump for too long. And praise for us there, once again, you know, they're having a great start to their season. Seven points, two wins and a draw, and only one defeat so far. They're up in seventh. They're having a fantastic time of it. Let's um, go on to probably the, the biggest game of the weekend, which was the Sunday evening game between PSG and Monaco. Um, not going to talk about Lance Ren. Oh, yeah, we will. We will. Don't worry. I'm going to sort of yeah. skip back to that in a second because I want to rope that into the European um, <laughs> discussion. But, yeah, uh, PS- PSG and Monaco. I mean, it's a, re- it a really good game to watch. And um, Neymar probably shouldn't have been on the pitch to score the penalty that equalised. And I thought Monaco were pretty hard done by when Volum put them in front. I, th- I thought they probably deserved a bit more from this game, which ended in a bit of a skirmish and, and, yeah, it's a little bit messy at the end. But forgive the pun. But yeah, it just proves that that Monaco aren't going away, doesn't it, really? Yeah, and I think um, Newbold's performance in goal was really impressive. But also, Mohamed Kamara, I think, is, is new. This Yeah, he came from uh, the RB Salzburg side, I believe. Um, yeah, that sounds familiar. I mean, yeah. he was... Excellence in keeping things together. Him and Fafana together. Oh. What a midfield that is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I think obviously Volland scored early, but then went off injured in, almost immediately afterwards. We talked, if not last week, the week before, about PSG. Why do they seem to be allergic to defensive midfielders? Um, they had Ferrati and Sanchez as the holding pair ahead of the five-man defence. And it was I know he's not been there long, but they missed Vitinha, who I was again one of the suspended guys from the red card. Bonanza last weekend um, because it really again did look like you can walk through that. If you get past the front three, if you've got the ball, you can walk through that. Kim Pembe did not have a good game. And yes, it was one of those I think the, the stats were 18 shots to four. Yeah. PSG, five on target to three. 18 shots. Nubel did a great job. Two excellent saves late on as well. Um, the second half, yeah. But you look at the PSG defence, and we've said it time and time again, they can get away with it in the league, mm. but they can't get away with it in Europe. And when Donnarumma went walkabout, was it just before halftime? Yeah. And Monaco shaved the bar with the shot. You've just, you've got to be more disciplined than mm. that. And I think that was a very interesting game. I don't get the hype with Donnarumma. I just don't. I, I just... Again, a, a worrying game if you're a PSG fan because you're like, shit, we still haven't sorted this out. 
before the Champions League. Yeah. And and the blueprints there, isn't it? That's that's the you know eyes are going to be on this PSG side, and the blueprint for other teams in Europe, particularly. We'll come on to the draw in a minute, but Juventus would be the one I look at straight away, and they'd be thinking, well, oh. as long as we suffocate this lot, then they're not as you know they're not as composed as they might look. And once again, we we have to. Um, I, I, was, I was looking forward to asking Jez's question, so he's got away with it this week. But <laughs> they 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 lost their heads again, didn't they? You know, I say Neymar probably shouldn't have been on the pitch to to take the penalty. You know, for all it was only a, only a body check, but he was on a booking. Um, very sort of. I mean, Verratti was his usual self. You know, brilliant one minute and well, in the referee fair, here, he it? was booked, but that was his first booking in the season. Yeah. I'd say with uh, Neymar. We talked about the penalty shenanigans mm. uh, in previous pods. He got to take one. No argument this time. So does that mean somebody has now made a decision? I think so. I think or even not. I think even Gaultier said that the decision was, you know, Neymar was the penalty taker, and I think Mbappe just quietly said, "Okay, fair dues," but. Um, and, it, and it was a good pen. I'm not fellows. sure Mbappe ever says fair dues. Oh, I don't think he's happy with it, but he sort of accepted it, I guess. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I just thought it was just poor, for, you know, in terms of how PSG were attitude wise. And they just have this, it, it's so frustrating because they play such beautiful football for the first three games of the season. Then you watch that on Sunday and you go, Oh yeah, I remember why I don't like this lot anymore. You know, because it's just this arrogance and this, you know, this this sort of we're better than you. How dare you come to our our ground and and take us on? How dare you press us? How dare you go ahead? Like that's just what I didn't like. And yeah, don't get me wrong, Mon- Monaco were giving a bit of shithousery back. Um, but do you blame them? You know, and they probably deserve <laughs> more. Like if you can't, it's that old adage: if you can't take it, don't give it. And PSG were giving plenty, so you have to learn to take it a little bit. And just thought that was a bit bit poor from uh, from from PSG's standpoint. Um, before we round up the rest of the games, it feels like a good time to to mention the draws in the European game because some of that will bleed into a couple Ooh. of the other teams. Um, what what have we got in the way of draws? For, fill us in on who's got whom in what competition. Right, I. I have these written down on post-it notes. Different colours. Okay, so yellow is the Champions League. Group D, Frankfurt, Spurs, Sporting Club de Portugal and Marseille, which I thought looked kind of hard, but loads of people were going, oh, that's easy. Maybe I was looking at that from an OM point of view, going, "Ah, oh, that could have been a lot worse." Yeah, I'm, um, not, a- I'm not happy from an Arsenal perspective. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm angling to have a little weekend in Marseille or w- midweek for uh, Marseille Spurs. If anyone of our listeners is interested. Hit me up. Um, Group H, we've got PSG, Juve, Benfica, and Maccabi Haifa. Now, I think with the most respect in the world, Maccabi Haifa are fucked. Yeah. Um, But 
Benfica could cause a lot of problems. So I think that's going to be extremely interesting. Um, in the Europa League, which is pink on my post-it schedule, Ren are in a group with Dinamo Kiev, Fenerbahce and Lanaka. And Nantes are in with Olympiakos, Karabag, Freiburg. And the unfortunate drop-down from above, Monaco, are in with uh, Red Star, Fangevaros and Trabzonsport, which I think is the most interesting set of away trips and possibly be careful. Yeah. yeah lads because those all look kind of spicy so it's good to see Karabakh again in a Europa team with the French in a Europa group with a French team I seem to be covering them for seasons they kept being torn with South Etienne mm. it's Karabakh, Karabakh so that group looks very interesting because I think Olympiakos, Freiburg, not the yellow wall. There's mm. going to be some really good atmospheres in that group, which is going to be, I think, a really good one to watch. If you've got a choice on Europa League evening, have a look at Group G. I think Group G might, might have some some spirit in it. And then in the Europa League conference thingy, Nice on the group with Partizan, Kuhn and Slovakia, who I think are from the Czech Republic. And this is one of those situations where everybody will say, well, they should win this and they might not because they might not take it seriously, because partisan are mugs, neither of them, I, apologies, never heard of the other team uh, they're in a group with, but there is nowhere more you can drop from this stage. No. You have to be in the top two, mm. and this looks like a group where... There's three teams fighting for two spots. So, are Nice going to take seriously, in which case they should do it, or are they going to play the percentages, in which case they might not? I was going to ask you that very question. Of of those clubs in Europe, in, in France this season, uh, if we take it as read that PSG are the ones who need the win or you know need to make an impression the most because all the focus will be on them which one of the other clubs do you think need to make a real run at at potentially going deep into a competition because well, marseille probably need the money but but you know, that's the thing because marseille will still think we can challenge in the league mm. so it makes it a, a really difficult decision for them i think because they have tried to balance those things. If they try to balance both, are they 
That is both what's going to happen. I think you got Monaco, who would also like to challenge for the league. And they might find it easier to balance those two, given the group they're in and the level they're in. Whereas Ren and Nantes, with respect, aren't going to be expecting to challenge title. They're going to be looking at cup runs and the Europa League. So I think they're going to be the ones going large in Europe. Uh, as we see, and like I said, Nice, who knows what they're going to do, given their situation. Well, Nice might well need to be focusing on that, um, because, I mean, their, their league form is has gone off a cliff. Uh, it's, just, it's just not working at the moment. I don't know what's going on there, but they fell apart to the aforementioned Marseille at the weekend. Uh, yet another, it's basically the old Arsenal team beat, beat Nice that day. Goals from uh, Alexis Sanchez, who was very good on the day, got two, and Nuno Tavares, who's mm. as a left-back, three goals already this season is kind of nuts. But Nice were taken apart. I mean, that was all three goals before half-time. Yeah. Which uh, will not go down well. And there was a, a bit of a crowd disturbance where there were certain Marseille fans who were told not to turn up who did and they got into the ground. And But yeah, they, they, all is not well and, and Lucien Favre's return has, has not particularly gone uh, to plan, I think it would be fair to say. So we'll see where where Nice end up. But um, yeah, it, it's not started well and you wonder if maybe they will, will be almost forced to focus on the, uh, the, the sort of European run rather than, than the league because... His early days, four days, but four games, sorry, but four games in and they're already cut adrift. It does make you wonder, is it actually worth putting the eggs into the European basket where Favre's style might actually be better suited as well? Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting one. Um, elsewhere around returning back to Liga, Leon got a 1-1 draw against Ras. They were a goal down to uh, Ito, the Japanese international's first goal for his new club. Um, but Dembele equalised late on, four minutes to go with a, a classic Dembele header. He's another one who may or may not be around at the end of the deadline in a couple of days' time. There's a lot of talk around him. Lucas Paqueta has left Leon now, so they've got a creative hole in their midfield. He's gone to and, uh, West Ham. And we have a hole in our hearts. I well, mean, it was great to watch. Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah, he, he was. And it, it makes you wonder if, if uh, Hussam Awar's future will be changing now because surely they can't afford to lose them both. The one that surprised me in the last 24 hours was as a, a sort of a closet Mallorca follower, Tino Cadawere is, is pitched up at, at Mallorca on loan from, from Leon for the season. That, that I'm sorry, me. but closet Mallorca follower. I'm yeah, thinking. I... Uh, well, everyone has a, has a team from other leagues, don't they? And and I, I holidayed there a few times and, and I had a bit of a soft spot for them when I went to a live game and I followed them ever since. So um, from that point of view, I'm kind of pleased with the deal. But I I just found it quite surprising that that uh, Leon would be willing to let another forward go. Um, yeah. we, we know Lacazette's going to lead the line and, and realistically, if Dembele stays, I think there were some quotes from... from um, Oh, I've forgotten his blooming name now. The Leon coach. Oh God, what's his? That's good. Thank you, Peter Bosch. Thank you. I always forget his name. He's that forgettable. Uh, but he was quoted as saying that Dembele and Lacazette could play together. Um, but I guess he he has to say that. But Cadawara, I always thought he had a, he had a good season last year and seemed to be 
you know, kicking on and all of a sudden off, off on loan he goes. So that caught me a little bit unawares, that one. But, um, you know, good good news for Mallorca. Uh, elsewhere in the league as well, a couple of other results. And Nantes with a 3-1 victory over Toulouse. Uh, they came from behind, actually. Ubercal um, put Toulouse in front for Gessant. Um, Mustafa Mohamed, the Egyptian, and Moses Simon, who's had a good start to his season, uh, pulling the goals back to win 3-1. And you mentioned it a short time ago, Lens with a big win over Ren. Uh, Seiko Fofana, who once again imperious. Fofana was Oh, he's so great. good. How are you still at Lens? I mean, <laughs> in that game. But also, um, Samba and goal. Yeah. Yeah. Because Ren are a good attacking team. I mean, yeah. the board, obviously, got the 91st minute consolation. But I think Samba made five saves in that match. It was it was a good a good balanced performance, which is what again makes me think that Lance are in third at the moment. They might stay there. Yeah. In that region because if they got that balance, that's what you need. True. Yeah. True that. And it's uh, it's good. I, it's I, I know it's so I know Jez isn't particularly fond of of long of Lons in terms of rivalry, but I think it's good to see a club like that. You know, has such a such a following and and such a sort of um, uh, history, I suppose. And that 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 ground, Stabala Dili, that that's it's one of those old grounds where. When the atmosphere gets going, it's like it's a proper European ground, isn't it? And Especially I think in an they kickoff. they missed out on Europe marginally last season. Yeah, it was that that late oh, Monaco think, game. They played Monaco, I didn't they? Having come back up, they've established themselves now. They've mm. established their style now. This, mm. I think, might be the year to go for it. Yeah. Where then you could balance the two competitions. So um, yeah, I know we we both know Jess is not a fan, no. but uh, I think it would be great to see Lance in Europe. And and Franquez's stock is continuing to grow, and that's the other uh, that's the other sort of fly in the ointment. Is 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 there a club that might have a look at him and go actually? He'd be quite good for us. He, he has the he has that sort of Gaultier about him in that I wonder if he went to a slightly higher step in the league, would he then be catapulted into a bigger job in a year's time? I do wonder. But for now, he seems to be quite happy. Um, uh, I think just if I can just throw in one more historied club doing well. Mm. Um, Saint-Étienne and Ligue 2 are now on zero points. After yes. scoring two all with Valenciennes, conceding a 93rd minute equaliser, they had a three point deduction going into the season after some unfortunateness at the end of last season. They are now on zero. Well done, everybody. That's it, yeah. Um, and they're making a couple of signings. That looks like I saw, uh, I think it's Wahaj signed. There's a couple of players that are looking to get reinforcements in, but yeah, not been the best start to their season. Also, some um, breaking news this evening Sofian Diop 
the, the Monaco youngster has gone to Nice this evening, which that one it was a mm. surprise to me. Sofian oh. Diop, the 22-year-old, yeah, he's, he signed for Nice. So um, there you go. There's another bit of breaking transfer news. Uh, nice doing their business, that's for sure. We, we also have some uh, cup news. Yes. Do the Coupe de France has started, oh. people, already. Already. Um, <laughs> John Mayland is all over it. We'll be putting a piece up uh, this week about, I'm presuming this is the first round. This is when there's like 6,000 teams, some of whom are cafes. Um, involved in the whole situation. But as well as that, we had the Trophy de Champion, uh, which was Lyon versus PSG at the weekend. Lyon won that 1 0 from uh, an early goal from Fanny Donk to kick off the women's season as well. So Leon not lying down in the face of PSG's uh, economic power. Yeah. Um, so we will see how that goes. All three, I think, of the French teams are in the Women's Champions League as well. Um, as we discussed, it's OL, PSG and Paris FC all qualified to qualified stages so that's going to be cool to watch as well absolutely yeah cup competitions getting underway already although i suppose it's the same in england at the moment the league cup's underway here as well so it's it's all go that's for sure and speaking of all go as we alluded to at the start of the show we have got a midweek round before the following week's fixtures. So we've got two sets of fixtures to let you know about. So uh, these are all going to be played. We're recording this on the Tuesday because there was bank holiday here in the UK, which is why we didn't release a pod yesterday, by the way. Uh, so these games are all being played tomorrow, Wednesday the 31st of August. Uh, get used to this, boys and girls, because obviously with the World Cup coming up, there's fixtures everywhere uh, this particular season. So um, we've got... Five 6pm games UK time and five 8 o'clock games UK time. So you can pick your choice out of these particular morsels. You've got Monaco against Troyes. These are the five 6pm ones, by the way. You've got Angers against Raus, which is suddenly quite a big fixture for both. Um, well, I say quite a big fixture for both. In terms of uh, getting points on the board, you would think it might be quite a big fixture for both anyway. Um, you've also got... Oh, the list has just disappeared. There we go. Montpellier against Ajaxio. Uh, Lyon against Auxerre. That's, uh, that's a classic fixture if ever you've seen one. Mm. And Strasbourg against Nantes. Um, maybe quite a big fixture that I, one for the home side. Of those five, I think I'd be looking at Lyon Auxerre. Yeah, that's that's the one I'm, I'm quite tempted by, I must admit. And then as for the 8pms, you've got uh, two good ones here. You've got Lille against Nice. That one has, has a bit of fun written all over it. Marseille against Clermont. Uh, Lons against Lorient could be quite fun. Uh, Rennes against Brest and um, Toulouse against PSG. Now, on paper, I, I like the look of that. Toulouse have come up with an attitude. Mm, yeah, I like I like the look of that. And it's one of those, again, you know, tough ground to go I'll under the lights. Lose 6 0 now, but I, I think that's 
It depends how they start. If they can keep it tight for the first 10, 15 minutes, I wonder if they can frustrate PSG. I just uh, not saying they're going to win the game, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they put in a decent performance and either took a creditable draw or a, a you know a close a close defeat, which I know doesn't really help anybody if they were to lose. But you know, um, they will not be looking at this game as a particular one for. Uh, points on the board I don't think but performance would be key uh, as for the weekend's action this will be Saturday and Sunday the 3rd and 4th of September where is this year gone by the way September already uh, it will soon be time for the electric blankets and uh, the uh, the cocoa at night it's, it's drawing in people but luckily we have got plenty of games to keep us entertained uh, no Friday fixture because of the midweek game so on Saturday you've got 4pm Osea against Marseille Yet another clash of uh, two old famous names. Lyon against Angers is a 6pm game. And Nantes against PSG is the evening game on Saturday. Another tough assignment for Galtier's men away from mm. home. I um, think that could be where Alba Lafont could win another nine mm. or ten from the keep. If he, if he can do what he did to them last season. No, let's see. That should be more interesting maybe than your betting provider would suggest. Yes, agreed. It's certainly one to watch. A 12pm game between Montpellier and Lille, which uh, is, is also a tasty-looking fixture in terms of where both sides are at the moment. Ajaxio against Lorient is one of the 2pm games, as is Clermont to lose. Brest against Strasbourg and Rams against Lens. And then the afternoon and evening games, the 4.05pm game is Trois against Rennes. Um, quite a juicy fixture on the evening where Nice hosts Monaco, which yeah. is a classic. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that one may be a little bit spicy. And, and two sides that, again, arguably, well, Nice especially at home, they were looking for a performance and Monica will be looking to build yeah, on. Both of them aren't in good sorts. So this would be a great opportunity to find your good sorts. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I will be tuning in for that one. That will be worth a look. That's all the action on the pitch uh, for another busy weekend of Liga. There's just one other story I just wanted to, to get your thoughts on. It, it's kind of developing, so we don't know exactly where it's all going to end up, but it certainly isn't going to end up in a positive place, one suspects. And this is the, the Paul Pogba story that broke over the weekend. So what we know to this point is that there's some alleged um, shithousery going on between his brother. This is not Florentine, by the way. This is the uh, other brother, Antoine, is it? So, Matthias. Matthias, thank you. I've got Antoine France got Griezmann on the brain that's why but Matthias Pogba who allegedly has been sort of well, essentially let's call it what it is bribing his brother Paul about releasing certain things that he said and done which includes apparently putting a curse on Kylian Mbappe which, which I think I okay I follow Le Keep and Le Keep are covered by French legal restrictions yeah so they don't post shit uh what's it called it's got to be you well talk researched. about when you debate mm. i yeah allegations that's mm. it that's like so 
dealing in facts, what, shall we say. What seems to be happening is Paul Pogba has been held at gunpoint at least once mm. by people claiming he owes them something. And his older brother, Matthias, is involved in this and has been putting out all kinds of weird social media messages about this. And this includes the allegation that Popper got a, not a witch doctor, marabou, uh, uh, somebody to put a curse on Kylian Mbappe and you're like, where is this coming from? I'm seeing people saying L'Equipe is reporting that. Mm. And I've read that site and I can't find it. I don't think L'Equipe is reporting anything like this. Mm. They're reporting what Matthias Pogba is claiming. Yeah. Which is extremely different. Yeah. And the, yeah, like you say, it's not going to end well. No. But if we look at this and you're saying, why would a brother do this to another brother? Money. It's not, but it's extremely depressing. I mm. think you mentioned Florent earlier. Matthias Pogba's problem isn't that he's not the best brother. He's not even in the, the best twin. No. Like, Florent Pogba, who is his twin, played for Santhetia, has played 30 times again, has a better club and international career. And maybe that explains this but I still don't understand what explains this I don't understand how you could do that to a member of your family you looked at Pogba playing at Old Trafford for example his mum was in the stands with his two older brothers mm. and they were all there what has happened is what it, the hell has happened? It's do, depressing. Do you think it comes down to some jealousy, maybe? Or, or that just that well, they've had I, a, a spat? And We have no idea. I mean, the, the only if thing... you're thinking about this is... I mean, I don't have brothers or sisters, but hmm. I can't imagine no. pulling something like this, whether it's jealousy, money, whatever... Why but, would you do this? It is very depressing. It is very sad. Mm. And what we need to do is wait for the police in at least two countries yeah. to investigate this. See what the fallout is. Um, I mean, you know, Paul, Paul Pogba, obviously, uh, you know, for anyone that knows, like, he he isn't a shrinking violet. I think we all know he he's quite a big personality. Um, he does have a lot of off the field um, interests and views and all that goes with it. So, I, you know, I don't think any of us are suggesting that 
you know he's he's only shrinking violet but quite what you would have to what? do like there's no benefit to him what? dragging his brother what, into what it, are but... you saying he's saying off the pitch that means he should be held at gunpoint oh no no that that's exact that's exactly my point and i think it's for 30 million quid yeah that that's I mean... That's exactly my point. I think if you the the man likes fashion, yeah, and he is um, devout, as I understand, he works for charities. Mm. There is nothing in that that says, "Hi, hold me at gunpoint." Mm. I mean, it's just that's that's not... the bit. There's obviously been a breakdown in the relationship somewhere, and and brother Pogba. The, the latter of the two seems to have have tried to use that to his advantage to get something from this and yeah um we've we, i mean we've seen other cases not dissimilar in terms of blackmail like we have the neymar situation with the, the lady in the hotel and you know there, there's been other incidents not dissimilar but not to this level that, that i can recall other than i think adebayor and manuel abue had similar situations with their past or their family members in the past but yeah this this is another level and like you say you know we can't really say too much because we don't really know do we <laughs> we don't know and what the situation that's why, is whenever you see a tweet saying so and so is reporting that there's video evidence of x hmm. look at what the source is i've yeah. asked gffn to Tell me the link of the Lekeep source of mm. what they're claiming. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all just rumour and allegation at the moment. Mm. So maybe let's leave it there. We'll see. Yeah, we wanted to, wanted to pass comment, but uh, as you say, there isn't much we can say other than than what's being reported at this particular point in time. So we shall see. Um, just before we go, I would strongly advise anyone who is a bit like me and likes their kits. I know, I know, but if but some people do, you know, um, do check out Nantes Black. Fashion and... again? Yeah, well, I mean, you have to look it up. It's, there, it's Nantes Black and Yellow um, Europa League third strip. It, it's a thing of beauty. It, it really is quite the quite the top. So I'd highly recommend checking that out. Um, but yeah, that that's that's all I'm going to say on fashion this week. Although I do quite like Leo's third strip <laughs> as well. Anyway, um, right. Well, we will be back uh, next week to round up what will be two sets of action. Then we'll probably take a glancing look back at the games that are played tomorrow because obviously it will be. A little bit out of date by the time we get back to you next Monday, uh, all being well. But we will look back at those games and, of course, the weekend's games as well. Um, busy week for us, Phil. So we will do our best to be across both particular match days. And hopefully we'll have Jez back then with us as well. So um, just remains for me to thank you for your time, Phil. I will let you go and, and find your nicest Montpellier picture to use as the the uh, the Twitter graphic. Um, oh, I'm sorry, but... Closet Mallorca follower is mess. Oh, I, I, I have no. Now I, up there. I have no. no you can use it. 
Well, you can use a picture of Tino Cadaware if you wish, but it's probably a bit off the topic. <laughs> so good luck to Tino in the uh, in the fine sunshine state of Mallorca. Uh, right. Uh, that's us done then. So thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you for waiting the extra day. So bank holidays over here. Wait for no man. So uh, whatever you're doing this weekend, do stay safe and uh, enjoy your French football. And we'll be back next week. We'll speak to you very soon.